Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of Of Course China. My name is Fernando, and this is Ziv. And today we are with a very, very important guest in our podcast. So, Ziv, why don't you tell us something about our guest? Yeah, today we have Peleg Levy, the Israel Consul General to Guangzhou.、Uh, Peleg has、uh, been serving、uh, the country for 26 years, right?、Yep. Uh, he's been、uh, posted in Angola, Colombia, Paraguay, France, Hungary, Japan. And、now in China,、uh, we're going to have a lot of interesting topics to talk about. And thank you for being here, Peleg.、Uh, thank you very much for inviting me.、It's、no, no, thank you very much. And I'm very excited to have learned that you've been in Colombia. So there's <laughs> a few more questions that I can ask. Right. <laughs> we, we do the Spanish version right after we finish the English version. <laughs> <Yeah> . Right. <laughs> so, right. so、uh, Peleg, let's start from the beginning. We,、mm-hmm. we just were talking a little bit before. About how you start being,、uh, uh, you know, like you said, serving your country、mm-hmm. uh, through the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, right?、Yeah. How did you start? So、um, basically, I did my studies. I, I studied um, um, political science and international law, but I,、uh, I had no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Um, so um, in Israel、uh, at the time, 27, 28 years ago,、uh, to get Uh, to be a diplomat was very respectful,、uh, very、uh, you know, sick about you know,、uh, profession. And in Israel, since、uh, we really don't,、uh, we have no tradition of families that、uh, were ambassadors before, like in other countries. So、uh, basically, it's a, it's a public content.、Uh, you, you apply for it.、Uh, we don't see diplomat as, as,、uh, as a profession. So、uh, you can apply being a doctor, a dentist. It doesn't matter what you study. It you doesn't matter at all. Anyone, anyone can apply. What's the requirement? Like you got to have a diploma. You got to. You have a. You need to have a diploma. That's it. Okay.、Mm-hmm. All right. A diploma and to speak a little bit of English, of course. And more languages is a bonus. It's a bonus, but it's、uh, yeah, it's a bonus. And in Israel, a lot of people speak another language. And you、it's、do speak.、Uh, what do you speak? I, I I spoke when I was accepted to Spanish because it's my mother tongue.、Uh, some English、uh, and French. And Hebrew, of yeah, course. So that's、um, pretty good. <laughs> is there is there an age, a minimum age,、uh, for you to enter the the foreign? Yeah, so、service? there,、um, you know, it's not allowed to have、uh, age restrictions, you know,、uh, oh. but you need to have a, a degree. So in so Israel, we start studying at eight, twenty one, twenty two. Okay. So I was the youngest in my、uh, in my course. I was twenty five when I when I entered. Uh, wow. So、um, yeah, so there is no restriction, and nowadays a lot of people are doing it as a second、uh, career option. Like they finish, I don't know, making money, businessman, businessman, and then they want to contribute to the country and they want to do something more significant. So they enter the ministry. It's a process of exams, you know,、um, personality,、uh, and some and other other tests, and then you go into a course, which is eight months. Eight、uh, months. It, eight months. It takes eight months. And basically, you study what is you know to know your country a little bit, some techniques like how to speak、uh, on podcast. And、uh, <laughs> yeah. no, really, in my time there wasn't any podcast, of course.、Radio. But、Only、nowadays, you know, you you need to yeah radio, TV. Nowadays,、uh, it's uh, more uh, Twitter and stuff like that. Of course, administrative affairs. And when you finish, you are kicked out、uh, from the country to your first posting. Right away. Right away. Wow. Okay, so what brings a person to want to do that? Like you talked, you said a little bit, but、mm-hmm. uh, for you at that time, you said you didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, to the truth,、uh, and I was, you know, I was applying to universities to do my master degree and、uh, not being accepted. 
and they seeing you know I, I knew what I don't didn't want to do I didn't want to go to my family business yeah. uh, to the family business and um, what was it uh, buying stuff from uh, from China <laughs> <laughs> and we are sitting here now yeah. so yeah my grandfather my uncles used to come to the Canto fair back in the 80s in the 90s for uh, that for that we like to say of course China of, of course, course China, China. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and you know this is this is the karma this is life 25 <laughs> years later I come back here but as a diplomat not as a buyer <laughs> you yeah. didn't want to be in business I didn't want to be in business right no, okay no, I didn't want how, to be in business. how is the destination mm-hmm. chosen okay. do you have any saying or yeah Uh, one of the problems of our ministry is that we are being too democratic so um, with the your first post <laughs> your first posting uh, you cannot choose okay uh, but otherwise you have to uh, apply for a job uh, they cannot force you to leave it's very different from other ministries uh, you basically you have once a year a list of posting what's going to be open next summer and you apply Oh. what is the length of service in one particular location uh, we have a maximum of uh, six years abroad that's mm-hmm. it you can do four years in one place uh, and then come back or do three and three usually you go from a hardship post to a better post on their second half mm-hmm. but it's very different from other countries because there are a lot of diplomats that can be 10 12 years abroad we prefer you now not to get uh, to stay in touch with Israel you know not to mm-hmm. forget from where you come and The hardships that you have in Israel and not to get too, too used to have a nice life as a diplomat so yeah you said before that uh, mm-hmm. you know you have five six maximum years right yes. outside and also you have to have two years in Israel, in, in Israel. that's the minimum you that's cannot minimum. Oh, okay. just right away go to another place no, no, right no. Ab- two years break, Ab- which makes and sense you know what what kind of activities do you do when you go back to Israel you work in the ministry Mm-hmm. coordinating other people uh, or? No, de- depends on depends on your job uh, my, my last work for example my last job was amazing I I, I worked in mashav mashav is the international uh, cooperation and in, uh, in aid uh, agency of Israel like USAID or uh, <laughs> so it was amazing I was uh, working mm-hmm. mostly in Africa and in East Asia to, to provide uh, assistance and to provide cooperation so you really you can choose whatever you want uh, to do in the ministry and There are people who prefer to be in headquarters mm-hmm. to have their career over there there are people like me that I, I became a diplomat to be abroad not to be uh, so you, you did know, want to go abroad you I always wanted yes I so think. that is the one thing you wanted you wanted yes. to travel to I wanted to, I, I wanted to be as much as possible abroad but in order to get promoted you have to go to headquarters and to promote yourself so I'm, right. I'm already a director of a bureau you have to be director of a department etc to yeah. prom- So, so I want I want to talk more about that that kind of course right yeah. for, for diplomats but they mm-hmm. teach you that so the, do they how do they teach you I guess you need to be adaptable right yeah. a person because yeah. you're gonna go different places around the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also you need to be in the public eye yeah sometimes it's personality I mean some people are shy some do, do they yeah this is this, this is the thing you know diplomacy it's not it's not a profession uh, I think that the For me, the most important thing, you know, the, you have on the first day, they tell you what is the most important uh, uh, ability uh, or strength that you need to have as a diplomat. For me, personally, I think it's uh, curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're not curious, you will always do the same. Uh, you, you will be a great, you know, uh, maybe bureaucrat. Uh, you, will, you, you will say whatever it's needed to be said, etc. But if you're not curious and open-minded, you will not do the next step and I see sometimes colleagues that for them to be in 
India, United States, and Africa, it's the same because they continue to eat the same food, they continue to hear Israeli music and see Israeli right. TV. What's the point? <laughs> so the idea is, is for you it's important to immerse yourself. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be more Chinese than Chinese. You know, I oh, need yeah. to sure. understand where I am, mm -hmm. to be curious about it, uh, to get what I like from each culture. You know, I don't need to submerge myself because, you know, in three or four years, you cannot do that anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have to, I cannot presume to understand fully any country that I was there. Uh, because that's why my, uh, some of my colleagues always say, ah, yeah, the Chinese thing. No, you cannot really know because you are not Chinese. <laughs> you can have your opinion. Uh, and you guys have been living here a long time. And I still think that if you are not born in a place or don't speak, you know, the language from your first right. days, it's, right. it, it's, it's difficult. But yes, to know what you need to know and to, try to be curious, not only to hear the, you know, the official stuff, also to hear, for example, for me, it's important from time to time to go with in a Didi mm -hmm. or a taxi. You hear? Do you? Yeah, do you hear what, what's going on really? You know, even right. though with my terrible Chinese that is not existing, but you know, you find a Didi driver that speaks some English and you ask him, you know, and uh, so curiosity, curiosity, it's the most important. This thing is what uh, I guess. This is what makes you enjoy mm. anywhere you go. Yeah, right. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. but it's probably coming from a personality. Like you said, mm. you don't want to be someone that just serve, mm. and there's no life, right? It's just yeah. Um, I'm interested to know since you okay. Probably we're gonna go chronologically, but now that you mentioned, what things did you learn in Colombia? I mean, this apart from dancing. <laughs> Salsa and merengue. So, oh, that's from my city. I'm from Cali. Ah, we are Caleño. All, all Latinos dance. I mean, what the deal with that? What's, yeah. I don't know. It's you know, <laughs> I was single then, so you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's the only way to get. Uh, I think that for me, Colombia was a big lesson because that was the first time that I saw um, how a nation can be divided. I, I, uh, sorry th mm. that I interrupt you, but it's important to mention when you were there. I was in the 1990s. Uh, that was a time of the, the 80s yeah. and the 90s were mm. difficult. Yeah, this was the time of the, um, when I was there at the end of the, uh, you know, the, cartel. area, the, the cartels, but still uh, bombs were in the street and uh, the uh, personal uh, security was very, very low. So you left Israel to a more dangerous place. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm always saying people, you know, uh, Israel is a safe country, you know. Yeah. Believe me, uh, really. If you look at the statistics, it's if one you, of the safest places you in the world. How, yes. how did you how did you um, understand the Colombian situation? What was the picture that you had? How did you see the problem? For me, it's purely economic. It's purely economic, and that's the, that's the tragedy of all South America, if I can say. You know, it's it's about the how to divide the, the wealth. Because uh, country, uh, Colombia is it's an amazing wealthy country. It's the division of wealth uh, that makes um, that makes the the problems or uh, that that Colombia was facing, and I think still, still. faces. Uh, so it's the division of wealth. You know, I, I come from Israel. Um, when I grew up in Israel in the 1970s, 80s, I grew up in a nice city, nice neighborhood, Ramat Hashon, but you didn't see very rich people and very poor people. Most Israelis were middle class, up or down. Yes, I'm originally from South America, but I left very young and I come from Uruguay. That also it doesn't have a lot of this, you know, uh, disparity. disparity. But we, when you arrive to Colombia and you see people that are on one hand, 
extremely rich. Absolutely. Very nice. well, very well uh, educated, uh, very, very fine and very. And then you go to the uh, to the poor parts and you go to inland and you see that there is really uh, the absence of the absence of, of really. I don't say equality because it's a democratic country and, you know, you can succeed in life and you can become. But the division or the, the that that's really shocked me. And I think that that's uh, um, that's something that uh, still still persists in South America. In, in, in Colombia, it took a path of you know the narcos or the the cartel. That's a different path from from other countries. Uh, but the vivity of the of, of Colombia was amazing. You know the, the, the joy of life, the music, the the, the, the everything else. It really, on the other hand, gives you a lot of hope. We we're told or we are said to be some of the happiest people in the world. It's just something uh, natural, I guess, right? <laughs> for you. But yeah. you, you come from a middle-class family, I guess, Fernando, right? Me, yeah. Was it, it dangerous to go out to the street? Yeah, we had bodyguards going to uh, university, yeah. uh, things like that, because, yeah, you didn't know when something was going to happen. Right. So you, you watch Narcos on Netflix? No. I hate them. <laughs> no. Yeah, Sorry. No. <laughs> no, no, I, because I feel that I <laughs> <laughs> you've been there. <laughs> no, it's not the Hollywood version, you know. What right. Can I say uh, no? <laughs> I have to tell you that I I saw the trailers and I thought it's not interesting. So on that on that token, you, have you watched Fauda? No, <laughs> also not. <laughs> Neither. Okay. You don't watch much TV. Uh, I watch. Actually, I don't have. Uh, <laughs> I watch series. Uh, Fauda for me. I started watching Fauda. Uh, it was. Too close to home. I don't know how to define you because when I was in the army, um, I was there. Yeah, you were there, Gaza. Or I whatever. was. Uh, yeah. I was in the territories, yes, and yeah. I used to accompany these guys. And yeah. uh, for me, when I watch TV, I want to escape the reality. You know, I don't mm. want to submerge Go a little back bit. To that. Yeah. It's one of the things that I I, I I can't take this kind of series. And you go on on something like Netflix, and there's 12, 13 different series about. Yeah. 30 years ago, history right. of Colombia. So right. kind of like let it go, no? And all yeah. of them speak English. None of them yeah, speak Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> at least Fauda, they speak Hebrew and Arabic, you know. Right, uh, they do. So <laughs> yes. At least it's authentic. Yes, uh, it is. So uh, I'm going to jump uh, just <laughs> since we are talking about this. Uh, recent, you were quarantined, right, Re recently or not? Or you weren't in quarantine? In China? Yes, in China. Uh, no. No, okay. I was lucky because right, I was always here. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. It's just maybe the, the, the consulate was closed or something? No, actually... So you're walking from home or something? No, no. To tell you the truth, we never closed even for one day. Okay. From the beginning. Uh, because, of course, we don't... We, at the first days, we didn't work, all of us. Uh, uh, always on... Uh, but we never closed because even in the first days, in the end of January, in beginning of February, we had a lot of uh, work, uh, consular work, to assist a lot of Israelis that yeah. wanted to leave at the time. Right. So I we understand. opened our and for me uh, personally, I think it's uh, to work at home. It's for a diplomat. It's not a work. Mm. Well, excuse sure. me, you know, uh, I'm not a painter. I'm not a journalist. I cannot work. At so home. what is the work of a diplomat? I mean, I guess yeah. is that that depends on different countries. Yeah, it's uh, this is the, the amazing thing. You know, I, I work in the same place, but every three or four years, I do a completely wor uh, different work. So, <laughs> so it depends know, on the country. It depends completely on the country. The and requirements. Course, the requirement, and of course, what is your position as head of mission? Like now, I have several responsibilities. Right. So you said Angola was a lot of uh, aid and aid, stuff like that. Yeah. What was Colombia? Colombia uh, was a lot of also uh, international cooperation, more in agriculture and, and administrative work because I was doing also administration there. Uh, for me, you know, I was uh, for me it was fun basically. What uh, what Colombia. kind of um, seeds 
uh, were planted during your time in Colombia that we could see today? Projects so, uh, or programs? Yeah, so um, unfortunately at the time we did a lot of, um, a lot of uh, cooperation in terms of security and in the army. You know, uh, that was one. Uh, if you remember later, you know, Israelis were involved, for example, in the, uh, uh, not kidnapping, but saving uh, Ingrid Betancourt, oh, yeah. uh, for example, and the, not always in a, in a positive way, the, uh, uh, in his, uh, the, the image of Israel in Colombia, because we are very much connected in that. I prefer to talk about, um, I did a lot of work with uh, Israelis that were kidnapped as well by the uh, FARC and the ELN, the two different um, guerrilla groups. And the, I worked for a year and a half to um, try to secure uh, some guys that were kidnapped and they were released afterwards. And a lot of work in the field of uh, actually um, uh, milk production. Yeah. Basically, most of the milk production uh, in Colombia nowadays is based upon Israeli technology and Israeli... Well, my brother used to work for one of the largest milk <coughs> uh, manufacturers in Colombia, Alpina. Yeah, so we did something. Uh, Alpina was very high-end and yeah. expensive. So how, how, how does that work? How does I mean, like, okay, so it's <laughs> governments? Yeah. No, I'm not talking milk specifically, yeah, yeah. but like it's governments. Exchange government technology. Government. It's governments cooperate. Absolutely. For example, this project used to call Mega Leche. Okay. Uh, mega, mega milk, milk. <laughs> mega milk, and we brought some. Israel. First of all, a lot of Colombians came to Israel to study how, because you know the Israeli cow is the most uh, rentable cow. You know, all right. In terms of how much milk we produce from there, it's it's like five times more than really regular. Yeah. That's Why is that? Because we treat that the cow as a, a, a resource, a resource that you have to uh, invest in, not just to put it and give milk. Each, each cow in Israel have a sensor uh, that's to see how much salt it has, so how much water to bring, so how much it's food to bring. Something other places it. don't do. No. Okay. No. And you know that. Just. I'm. I'm. This just is my course. I'm going to be a diplomat. <laughs> this is my course about my country. So uh, basically, <laughs> uh, uh, and also, uh, you don't see cows in, field. in the field in Israel. Right. First of all, we don't have a lot of fields, but secondly, right. we right. see milk or dairy as a as an industry. Right. We perfected it. In, in general, because yeah. of lack of resources, uh, we see agriculture as an industry. And therefore, uh, it has to be planned, it has to be uh, well executed, and this is something we did in the north of, uh, of Colombia uh, for, the for the poor people, how to get more profit out of it, how to... And it's more the production of milk, it's cooperativism. You know, if you have... What yeah. I mean so what do we? How do we do it? No, I mean also like also like mm -hmm. where the government and business connect because there is a yeah. business side to this, right? Yes and no. Yes and no. I'm a diplomat. You know, I I always tell I'm, I'm like a Polish officer. I don't speak about money. It okay. has benefits, of course, right? Because right. if you introduce a technology, we are expecting afterwards to buy it. It's not mm -hmm. a must, but you know, yeah. Right. I, I bring an Israeli uh, producer. He will bring the technology that he brings, and then somebody else will copy it, as for example the drip irrigation. Right. That it was an Israeli invented and now... Actually, my cousin mm. went to study in Israel ah. uh, about dripping We're irrigation. kind of famous for that. Yeah, that's one yeah. I know. Yeah. And cherry tomatoes and stuff like that. Right. So this is what I remember. This is the seeds that we are. So now, uh, uh, I don't know if you know, but the prices of milk it went down dramatically because of that. Because you have more production and it's not centralized in some companies. And that has... Uh, 
probably very big uh, significance. I mean, for a country, right? Price yeah. of milk going yeah. down. Yeah. It, it means many, many things for the future, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. So, so that was Colombia. Then, then was where? For I Paraguay? went to Hungary. No. Hungary. 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 Okay. Hungary. Hungary uh, in the late 90s, beginning of 2000, a country going, going out, of, um, uh, out of communism yes. was very challenging. Right. A huge is, Jew, there I did a lot of Jewish uh, affairs. Uh, a huge um, Jewish community that was coming out of the closet because they were not, during the communist time, there was no free, um, basically... Practice of religion? Uh, practice of religion, let's put it that way. The communities were less political, but more religious in a way. So it was a lot of work uh, how to construct, how to build a community uh, from scratch. Um, how many Jews were there? In Hungary, we the pursued 300,000. At the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because yeah, there are many, uh, you know, Hungary descendants yeah. from Israel. I'm half Hungarian. My grandparents uh. spoke. Hungarian, right. so yeah. So, yeah, so a lot of them stay, and it was, it was, for me, it was an amazing time to see how a, a, a society is changing, mm -hmm. getting out of communism, uh, entering uh, capitalism, enter, entering the EU. Uh, it's, it was amazing. A lot of business opportunities also at the time. Um, so that was, was a, a huge change. It was a huge change. Can you imagine coming from Colombia to Hungary? The, f the first December the in Hungary... Not the food, the people, you know, nobody smiles in the street. Right? Yeah, the difference, you know, you, you come from, wow, everything is a party, and then, you know, <laughs> minus 30 degrees, <laughs> and nobody smiles in the street, and I, it was quite depressing. But you did have two years in Israel. No, no, I, I did it directly. For that one, you went, yeah. why? I mean, if it's not the full five, six years, you can still go? Exactly, ah, exactly. I so see. I so did the Angola one year, three years in, so okay. I extended so a little bit. I continued, and it was a huge shock. It took me. Wow. And suddenly, it took to arrive to a country that you don't understand. And what are the Nothing steps to, to develop that, that, well, I wouldn't say that the identity was lost, but mm. there was an identity that was kind of like hidden? Yeah, absolutely. What were some of the steps that you had to take to, to bring it about, to bring it out? And First of all, it's, it's, it's a concept that uh, you can believe in two things at the same time. You can be a proud Hungarian, but to be a proud Jew as well. That it's, it, it doesn't... Conflict. It's not exclusive. It's not conflicted. You know, uh, you can be a great Colombian and to be a Jew or to be uh, a Christian or to be atheist. Um, it's a sense of giving empowerment to the community because coming out from that uh, kind of regime they had before is that everything has to come from the government. And now you're forming a, a, a civil society. Mm -hmm. And... By the way, Israel, for example, is one of the most uh, rare examples that we had a civil society before having a state. Because if you look at the history of everywhere, you have the state, okay, emperor, king, whatever, uh, colonial rule that formed the civil society. And then when the state was proclaimed or something like that, you had, you know, everything is built. In Israel, we didn't have a state, but we had civil society. Uh, and not but we had some colony, I mean, no, no, British. And yes, but, but for example, we had our own uh, um, museums, uh, right. uh, the culture, culture. Yes. we had yeah, the, 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 the institutions. The connecting tissue yeah. was We there. had institutions right. that later on was very easy to, to transform them. That was around Judaism, I guess. Around not, Judaism, not entirely, not, not entirely, not entirely, not entirely, right. not yes. entirely but um, so to build a civil society, uh, that's the challenge, and not only Hungary. Most all, all of the countries that were before in the east, uh, in the Eastern Bloc, uh, didn't have it because they were erased. 
during the, uh, those times. Uh, so to build a uh, strong civil society, uh, it's very important. How, how do the people even uh, in Hungary and in other places too, how do they even, uh, because Jews always kept it, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Even hidden in the closet, they yeah. always kept it. Mm -hmm. How do you not, uh, uh, how do you keep it? How do you not become just like everybody else and forget that and, you know? Depends on your parents, come on. Uh, you know, um, education. You know, I, it's not even education because they were not educated. It's something really in your soul, you know. You know, you can be religious or not, believing God or not, but uh, there is something of a tradition, something that you take uh, uh, with you. So um, to take it out and not to be ashamed of that. For example, um, you know, if you go to the United States or China or anywhere else, you or nowadays in Hungary, they will say, okay, I'm Jewish. Mm. They will not tell me, as an Israeli, they will not tell me I'm Jewish. They will tell me, I have a cousin in Israel. I have a cousin in Tel Aviv. They will not even have the, the ability to say I'm Jewish. Really? Uh, mm. So, true, yeah. had, had it been, like, scraped from their identity? Or was it fear? Or? It's, it was fear, basically. It's, it's because, you know, in those times, you have, you have one thing. You, you, you are defined by one thing. And the self-definition, and as Israelis, uh, we are very aware of that because an Israeli has several self-definitions. Let's say China. Mm -hmm. Chinese, for them, it's very easy to define themselves. I'm a Chinese, point. Maxim, they will say also Cantonese or something, oh, but it's very easy Aka, to say. whatever. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's very, first of all, what, what are you? Chinese. Mm -hmm. No religion, no Chinese. Right. For an Israeli, it's not the same. Every Israeli that will ask, it will, it will answer you, differently. It becomes like secondary. No, it will come, if you ask somebody in the street in Israel, How, what are you? It will tell you, I'm Jew. That's not, that's your religion, it's not nationality. If you go to an Arab place, they will tell you, I'm Arab-Israeli, or I'm a Palestinian-Israeli. Are we the only country that have the, uh, in the ID? No. In the ID, we have the religion. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We call it nationality Leon. now. Leon. Uh, they call it nationality, nationality now? now? Yeah, not religion. But, there are other countries that you have to redefine, but in Israel, it's very, uh, it's difficult to define yourself. You know, you ask me what I am, I will tell you in Israeli, mm -hmm. but I will tell you another thing immediately. Mm. And in a lot of countries, uh, for example, you go to the States. Okay, I will tell you an American, but they will tell me I'm Afro-American, I'm Latino-American, you know. But they will not say I'm Christian. I don't know, depends where. If you go to the south of the United States today, no, I mean, yes. recently I was, I was talking to people uh, mm -hmm. and, and we talked about the, the issue of, like, I'm, I'm Jewish. I always say I'm Jewish. I don't believe in God, okay? No. But I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. But Christians, it, does, it doesn't work like that. Unless you are a new Christian. And I figured out mm. that it's because uh, my people been through all of that, my grandparents, whatever, I cannot... Not say Deny I'm Jewish. It. I cannot. Yeah, I, yeah, I need yeah. to be loyal to that. I am well, Jewish. You know what yeah. I mean. So it's like religion, but without the, yeah, mm -hmm. it's interesting. Without the practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. We need to take a break. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we're gonna take a very very short break, and we come back to a very interesting interview. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. So we are back. We're gonna continue with our interview. What are we up to yeah, now? Yeah. And now we're going to play a nice little game called uh, this or that. <laughs> you can explain a little bit about the game? Well, the idea is we're going to give you a couple of choices mm -hmm. and you tell us what you choose and um, 
whatever rationale that is behind your choice. All right. Okay. So I'll start. Yes. All right. Cool. So, since you told us that you get trained in public speaking,、uh-huh. what do you prefer? Teleprompter, read from a page, or memorize? Neither one. So how, how do you, do you do give、it? your speeches then?、Uh, that's the biggest problem that I have in China. I don't. I don't like to write it down. I prefer to speak. Uh, whatever comes to my mind at the same time,、uh-huh. and it's a huge problem here、right. because you have to sell them to tell usually in advance because they just go, it's going to be、um, translated. translated. Plus, they want to know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah.、Uh, so uh, yeah, that's a huge problem. I, I,、um, yeah. But do you take notes? Or I, I write points. Okay. I write points and then I elaborate them.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes I have a you know, block, so it doesn't. It's、yeah. not so great. But I prefer to have the to take the risk. I think that、um, you know I'm not a politician.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I need, and I see my profession as human to human contact, basically.、Uh, and if I, I think that, in my point of view, if I come and read something from、uh, from a paper or a teleprinter or memorize it, it's 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 not real、okay. in a way.、Uh, I prefer to maybe. To be real,、uh, even if I forget some some points、right. or everything, you know, here especially in China, yeah, I, I write myself when it's really important. I write myself. They write. I、points. saw you. I saw you speaking today, right?、Mm-hmm. A little bit, you know.、Um, obviously, you're comfortable with with everything now. How was it 25 years ago? Like, is it like, oh my god? No, I I loved it anyway. Are、oh, you loved yeah, it yeah, right yeah, away? Yeah, I, I loved it anyway. When I was a student, I worked as a、um, well, I worked. Six or seven things. Sometimes I went to university, <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh, yeah. Okay.、Uh, you know, I, 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 if, it, if I wasn't a diplomat, I suppose I would be a teacher or something like that because、okay. I like to be in front of people and、right. uh, to share. Cool.、Yeah. All right. Next one.、Uh, again, this or that. Right. You need to choose one. Okay. Hummus or tahini? Which is hum- hummus or tahini? Tahini, <laughs> no way. Tahini, sure. Tahini, yeah. yeah. All, the way? <laughs> All the way. All the way. With lemon.、Yeah. With、uh, pita. Uh, nowadays, with, with carrots, the diet, carrots yeah, and,、uh, onion, 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 onion. All right, cool. <laughs> That's my. <laughs> All right.、Um, on a day-to-day、uh, case, suit or smart casual? Casual. Casual. Yeah. Okay. Do you have、yeah. to wear suit?、Uh, I have、work? a lot of them. Yeah.、Um, one thing I haven't done since I arrived to、uh, Guangdong, I didn't put a tie. Oh, you don't、uh, put a tie. You don't、no. have to. I. What even what, in, what a meeting? You in a meeting? In a meeting? You know, I, I don't know. Like finally, some、uh, jobs after、to. after the age of fifty, I'm a boss of myself. You know, nobody will tell me what to wear. Of course, if you go to a very official stuff, you meet the Guangdong governor. You don't. You can go without a tie. It's okay. Is it written somewhere? That no, I'm, I'm, but that's what I'm interested to know. Okay,、yeah. so you don't.、Yeah. Okay, but they don't always wear ties. I mean, no. I I think that in South China, I think it's the most relaxed place in China. In it's also、way. probably related to the weather. And it's, it's so you know, hot it's, and humid here. It's hot and humid. Why should I suffer? And、know? and by the way, you said you said something. You said I don't have. I mean, you do have a boss, right? I have a lot of boss. I have nine million bosses. I work for the states of Israel, so the people of Israel are my boss. Yeah, but like, like I don't know, answer, the、huh? minister of foreign <laughs> affairs, the minister, right? We have a hierarchy, of course.、Right. Uh, well, you're Israeli, you know that our hierarchy is、yes. not.、Uh, we're not big, strong, not very <laughs> strong on that.、Um, we don't call each other sir, or、uh, yeah. for example, if I if I meet the minister, I'm not 
I will try to avoid how to call him, so I don't have to call him Mr. Minister or something. Right, right. I do have a boss, I, I, of course, that the Consulate General uh, works with coordination with the other uh, three uh, consulates in, in, uh, in, Asia? in China. Okay. China, we have one in Chengdu, one in Shanghai, Hong Kong, and of course with the embassy in Beijing that uh, they deal with all the political issues. But if you meet uh, Netanyahu, you have to say, uh, uh, no? uh, Mr. Prime Minister or something like that. You do. I met him a lot of times. Yes, of course. You do. Yeah. There is some yes. place, some instance. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So I got next question. Yeah. Um, next question is the beach or mountains? Mountain. Mountains. Mountain. Always mountains? Always green because, you know, I grew up on the beach in Israel, so I'm searching now for some, something else. Uh, okay. So mountain. All right. Okay, I'm going to skip this one. You can ask it, okay. but then I ask the sure, other one. Sure, sure. CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News? Ooh, huh? You know, this is the problem of now, uh, nowadays that depends, you can, if you tell what you read or what you see, it's immediately it defines you are, you. defines you. Yeah. So actually the question says right wing or left. We, we were trying to right. give you a curve. No, but it says CCC, we can talk about anything. CCTV. <laughs> CCTV. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. All right. Uh, next one. Yeah, go back. So uh, the, the, with the passport, uh, uh, biometric or not? Nowadays, it has to be biometric. But what's your opinion? Biometric. I, I don't have a problem. No, no, those, let's be real. We have, don't, we have no privacy. Right. We have no privacy. Facebook, all of it. Yeah, we no. have no privacy. This is the price that we pay uh, for being a part of uh, this uh, modern world. I agree. So biometric passport or not, it's, I don't want to, you know, to yeah, say the, the obvious, but it doesn't really matter. Right. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, an easy one, Guangzhou or Shenzhen? Ah, Guangzhou. Guangzhou? <laughs> I live there. <laughs> I tell you why. I love Shenzhen. Mm -hmm. I think that the energies of Shenzhen is uh, it's something incomparable. You know, um, Guangzhou is more of a city. Mm -hmm. It has more soul. Mm. You can go in the street. You see Old. history. Yes, uh, Shenzhen is very new. Israel is very new as well, but we have a tradition. But um, no, but when you, when you are uh, in Jerusalem, uh, yeah. the Wailing Wall, you feel, you feel the right? history. I always say, like when you go to Tiananmen, you go to Gugong, to Forbidden mm. City, you feel it. Yeah, it's there. In the air, right? Shenzhen is a new city. I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. The right Guangzhou. question will. The right answer would have been Dongguan, of course, in the <laughs> middle. But yeah. uh, I, I don't want to be a smartass. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I have to say that I prefer Dongguan over. Either one of those. Mm. It's just the right size. I don't know how you feel. Uh, me? 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way down Guan. Uh, right. Nice to visit Guangzhou and Shenzhen sometime. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Next one is, well, after we spoke a little bit, uh, I think I, I probably know the answer, but uh, ambassador or a, a government minister? Ambassador. Ambassador. I, I thought about going to politics. Um, I think I can contribute a lot as a politician. I'm not... I'm not uh, willing to pay the price. Mm. Um, and if I go to politics, and I've continued to be thinking about it, I prefer to do local politics. Uh, because I think as a mayor, uh, you can achieve much more than to be like a member of parliament because you really touch the lives of people. So Tel Aviv one day? Give a time. Give a time? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Smaller, you know. Smaller, nicer. Yeah. All right. Um, continue with how you get your information. Newspaper, internet, or TV? Internet. Internet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, TV, 
I have cables. I have to admit, I never opened them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, no. So internet for me in five minutes, I can go over all of them and then newspaper is dead. For me, yes. Mm. Unfortunately, in Israel still no, because in Israel I get the, the newspaper because I have to commute to uh, to work. So mm-hmm. I'm on the bus for half an hour, and there it's easier still. The smell and the uh, the, feel. the feeling of the newspaper, but it's. Uh, in my opinion, it's dead. Mm. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, the last one. Yeah. Business or politics? Politics. Yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, yeah. I think I understand. And even uh, even that, not so much, right? Uh, even like that, not said. so much. <laughs> uh, but politics is interesting. Business, um, you know, once, you know, uh, you have to recognize your, your faults. I know how to spend money very well, not to earn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My specialty. All right. Well, thank you. This was This or That. Let's continue. Let's continue right. with our talk. So, uh, after Hungary? Yeah, after Hungary. What came next? I went home a little bit. Okay. Uh, I was three years in Israel. You were already in Tel Aviv by then? I was already in Tel Aviv. Uh, and I worked in the ministry. And um, what, what, that's what, it. What, what did you... I mean, Tel Aviv, this is, this is still 90s or 2000s? 2000. 2000s. Um, so, that was the time with the suicide bombings. I guess. Yes, a little bit. Right? Yeah, yes. Tel Aviv had some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But the end, the end of it, yeah, 2001. How was it, How was it to live in Tel Aviv back then? Uh, listen, w- w- when you see, when you live with things, it looks less big or less dangerous than you read it in the newspaper right. or internet. You right. know, uh, you know. Uh, Let's do a comparison. You know, you were here in the end of January, February. Everybody from abroad was, "How can you live in China? Right. It's mm-hmm. not dangerous." And you, no. you didn't feel it so right. much. So the same in Tel Aviv. Okay, you, the whole of Israel. You know, uh, you have a tension in the air. To tell you the truth, I didn't take the public transportation because you know my mother told me you don't Buses. go, yeah. you don't go on a bus. So it was a me opportunity to, give, to get some money to buy a new car. But um, yeah, you 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 think differently. It's like today, you know, the mask and the alcohol yeah. gel, it's something in Israel at the time, differently. you start to think differently. If there are too many people on the line, maybe I don't want there, I won't go to that line because there will, if there is a, a terrorist, he will attack that line. Right. I will not go on the bus. It, it is, it is. you think very differently. It's very, uh, it's very interesting. I always say, I mean, uh, we, we thought about it. We were there, we were taking a bus. Yeah. Like you say, <laughs> it's like the thing, you see someone, he looks suspicious. Absolutely. You can't say anything. Because then, if if you're right, you're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you may need to just choose to go off the bus, and it might blow up, and you will live with that all your life. But mm-hmm. or you say something, right? Yeah. It's stuff you think about. So it's but kind it's, of crazy. But it's interesting yeah. what you're mentioning because, well, you lived in Colombia at a time where exactly. we also had to develop exactly. the same mm-hmm. the same skills, the mm-hmm. same suspicions, or the same mm-hmm. kind of like, mm, is this going to be today? Is this going to be? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, so I, I can relate to Yeah, yeah I live I live yes. a few blocks from a club El Nogal that oh, was duh. bombed. So uh, and um and you not you're not get used to it, you know. You, you, I was in the army for 5 years and I I saw blood and I saw uh stuff. But it's it's different and and and, and mostly is you think about your family basically. Uh you don't think about yourself. The 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 thing that hits me the most is how arbitrary that was mm. it, there was not yeah. there was not an enemy right it was just population Violet. yeah population yeah just anybody mm. right it was just trying to destabilize the country that that was the worst thing about uh, it. That, that makes me uh, i want to ask about the 
So, I don't know. I want to ask you if all of the uh, consoles ambassadors are like the Israeli one no. or not. We always the, the special. We always have uh, uh, security issues. Yes. Uh, thank God that China is one of the most safest places for us, and right. this is one of the reasons I arrived here. Right. Because, it's true. Uh, relatively, security is very easy, but. You know, I was ambassador in Paraguay, and you have bodyguards 24-7. I lived in a building when I used to go down to the gym. I have to tell the bodyguard, I'm going down, or I forgot something. You still need to do that, right? In Paraguay, yes. No, here, no. No. Here, no. No, no. But some countries, yes. Most countries. Most countries. As an Israeli. As an Israeli. Yes. Uh, I could have been head of mission or ambassador or consul general before. We chose not to do it because I didn't want to lose my privacy in a way right because there's no spontaneity okay i don't i feel like going out for a drink no i have to come i have to coordinate with the bodyguard and in the in the in the car and in colombia we had the armored car and everything becomes difficult this is just security security, security. for israelis for israelis yes right so like when we go when we go to the israeli consulate i don't know if it's the same with others um uh, we need to leave everything outside, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, phones. or maybe now also others, I guess. I Americans know. are uh, Americans now too, right? Yeah, but there are many countries that have the same restriction: Indians, uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese abroad sometimes. Uh, terrorism, you know, this is one of the things that we, we as Israelis, we're trying to explain. Terrorism is not something that only Israeli suffers. Right. Uh, unfortunately, after 9/11 and especially the last years, the terrorism had become. Uh, a, new, um, a problem for everybody. There is no one country that doesn't ha- suffer from terrorism. I'm not going into what is terrorism or is it right or is it wrong. I'm not getting into it, but there is barely no country that... Uh, it's like the COVID-19, uh, mm-hmm. okay? There is no country that is not touched by terrorism nowadays. Right. Is it religious, economic? It doesn't matter. So at the time, though, Yes, Israel was only one of the countries. So a lot of countries are facing that, and uh, nowadays. Right. So so uh, okay. So you went to Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. You stayed there a couple of years. Yeah. Right. And then you did some other work. What did you? Do you remember what did? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I actually I, I had a great job. I I, um, I was working in the real estate division of the ministry, hmm. and I was in charge of finding new housing for ambassadors. So I yeah, around went the world. around the world looking for uh, apartments or buildings. For Israeli am- ambassadors. Israel. It was an amazing job. Wow. So but to f- fly around the world. And to try to find, yeah, to, to authorize, you know, to, to choose. The apartments, the, not the embassies, obviously, right? Uh, also, also, also that. real estate in general. So the thing is that I, I've been to cities that I know only, uh, you know, only real estate. I've been to, for example, uh, to Ukraine, to yeah. Kiev, seven times. I never saw anything but construction sites. Wow, <laughs> it, it was just crazy. Is it is it is it uh, an embassy? Is it in a country mm-hmm. like the embassy of USA in mm-hmm. China? Uh-huh. Is it uh, American territory? Yeah. How, yeah. how does that work? Under, yes. under there is a there is something called the, the Vienna Convention okay. uh, that uh, basically rule gives all the rules of the diplomatic. Uh, Diplomatic and consular um, relations, and yes, uh, a diplomat. Uh, the embassy itself is an ex-territoria. Uh, for example, for the police to come to an embassy, you have, they cannot do it. They have to have an approval yeah. in advance and written to come inside. Uh, also, the residence of the ambassador. The residence of the ambassador. Just ambassador. Uh, yeah, and the cars also actually. 
the cars. The car also. They the can't be searched. Can be can't be searched or something like that. Uh, here in Guangzhou, it's a consular um, consular um, residence. Res- yes, so it has uh, some other limits. Um, but yes, it's an ex-territory. It also the here, the consulate general of each country. Each country, own, do you have to own it? Like no, Israel? You can rent, no, yeah, you, you can rent, rent it. it yeah. It's temporarily yeah. territory, yeah. ex-territory. Yeah, yeah. That's quite yeah. interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that no, there is a, a, a lot of debates, for example, if you have a car, a car accident, do you have the diplomatic immunity or not? Yeah, I wanted to for example. talk about diplomatic immunity and some of, I don't know, what would be some of the perks that you could share with us about having diplomatic immunity. Now, the, um, I, I never used it. Or well, diplomatic status, like no lines at the airports, no? Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, it's less and less, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, sometimes you go out on the diplomatic lane, but sometimes, it, you know, they, if you go there, they check your passports five times more, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and the baggage anyway, you have to wait, so what's the point? Makes no difference. Um, no, the diplomatic immunity uh, was based upon the ability to do to perform your job, uh, that you have the ability to help your your um, compatriots, your, your your countrymen, that you can uh, uh, do stuff as as representative of another country. This is why it was done. Later on, it was a little bit more. You, know, you don't have to pay taxes, etc. But it's always bilateral. You know, the same perks that we get here, we give to the Chinese over there, mm-hmm. uh, etc. It's, it, it's always, it's, it has, uh, each country has its own rules, and we, it's, it's, it's always one against the other. But it's not always with every country, everything. For example, we need visa to the USA. Visa is another thing. Visa is another visa thing. Visa is a completely another thing. But in thing. China and Israel, it is the same, the visa. Right? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a, they signed the 10-year. Yes. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. Uh, that's the same. Um, because depends on each country. Sometimes these decisions are political. Yeah. You know, uh, the Americans, they look at numbers. Uh, their decision, apart from politics, you know, you've got to say, how come an Israeli needs a visa to the United States? Yes. But they look at the numbers. How many Israelis stay illegally in Israel, in, in the United States? And they say, okay. It's, it's above five uh, percent, so enough. Yeah. It's enough. Okay. So right. you get a visa. Um, talking about the relationship with America, um, wh- what is your perspective on on, on moving the the embassy? Basically, for America. me, it's very it, the American embassy is Jerusalem. Jerusalem. For me, it's it's really easy. You know, my capital is Jerusalem. Yes. I expect yeah. everybody to be in in Jerusalem. That's mm-hmm. what I said. Uh, the thing is that the Americans, it's not that Trump decided. He didn't decide it. The decision was taken four years ago. The thing is that every president until now, until and Trump... didn't want to be the one. <laughs> yeah, postponed it, and they had this yearly postpone, postpone. So Trump was the first one who said, you know, you can like it or not, not like him, but he's a guy that says what he thinks. He said, the decision was taken, we implement it. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever everybody asks me, so you ask me, okay, why did you... I tell you, why did tomorrow Israel decides to take the embassy from Bogota to, to Santa Marta? The beach is nice, the weather is better. <laughs> How will the Colombian people like it? They won't. They'll say, Bogotá is our capital. So why do, are we expected to, to receive the, uh, uh, Tel, Aviv. Uh, Tel Aviv as the capital? No, my capital is Jerusalem. It's normal. I, yeah, I'm very, uh, I speak a lot against my country, honestly, uh, when, when I feel morally obligated, uh, very left-wing, you know. But uh, with that, like America recognized Jerusalem, right? That was the thing. I'm mm-hmm. like... I don't need America to recognize it. It is my capital. Listen, I think I'm one of the good things about being Israeli 
is that to be able to be critical on my government. Even myself as a diplomat, as a, as a, as a civil servant, I'm willingly uh, criticize my, my government. And Israel is a very divided country. It's a very, uh, uh, you know, you ask two Israelis one opinion, they will you will have three is answers. Is it more today than before? Like that? <laughs> Absolutely more today. more today. But there is one thing that really unites most people, is Jerusalem. Mm. And let's keep it that way. At least we have something that unites us, which is sure. Jerusalem. That was not an easy question, I guess. No. <laughs> right, right, right. But then is the answer. Right. So, <laughs> so, so go back to like, okay, in, in mm. diplomatic immunity. I mean, the stuff that you, as a, as a, as a, you were an ambassador before, consul general. You know, um, uh, first of all, in Guangzhou, a, cons, a consul general, right? Mm -hmm. That's a. Call, that's your yeah, title, right? Yeah. Um, because China is so big, and this is for all Guangdong. Uh, yeah, know, we, we cover south. from Guangzhou the south of. We call it the consulate general for south of China. It's basically probably bigger than being ambassador in some countries. In most countries, right? Yeah. So it's the same level in a way. Yeah, it's the same level. Yeah. Actually, most of consul generals that were here were ambassadors before. We we see our posting in Guangzhou as a second or third uh, tier. Tier, yeah. And uh, in terms of uh, number of uh, employees, in terms of uh, budget, in terms of importance to the Israeli economy, Guangzhou is much more important than four or five other countries together. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was I was one of the first to get a passport there huh. at the Guangzhou one when they opened when it. They opened ten years. Ten years ago, exactly. Years ago. Eleven, eleven. Eleven years ago, yeah. they opened it. Right. Some countries don't have. You do you have a, a consulate yes, yes, in Guangzhou? Yes, yes. Yeah, but some but countries in don't. Colombia, yeah. Actually, Guangzhou has today 65 uh, consulate generals, which is a lot. Uh, we are catching up on Shanghai, and this is something to be very proud of oh, for wow. Guangdong. Okay. And even a real consulate generals, I think that uh, Guangzhou already passed Shanghai. Uh, oh, wow. So the importance is very big. Um, uh, you and you will ask why do we need Guangzhou when you have Hong Kong, which is two hours away. Yes. but it's a completely it's right. different story, different, different legal system, system. Yeah. Yeah. different absolutely. And we see that Israel, because of what we spoke before, looking for East, uh, we invest more and more uh, in relations uh, with uh, China. Uh, Guangzhou, Guangdong is very important for us because you know, um, economically, commercially, this is the place to be. Um, what do you think about the American consulate? It's huge. It's crazy. And it's nicely located also. Beautifully. Yeah. I've been yeah. inside a few times. Um, <laughs> is, is it, I mean, there is some... Uh, Americans do everything big. Yeah. Have you seen a small <laughs> Chinese embassy? No. <laughs> the one in Bogota? I heard big. <laughs> is it. Is it the biggest consulate in the world or something like this? No. As a, as a consulate no, general? No no, no, no. no? They have much bigger. They have bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, so... We ask you what's the uh, perks, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What's the drawbacks? You know, like, can you, as a, uh, okay, so I wanted to ask this. You said you're taking a Didi. Yeah. Right? You take a Didi, um, so you're allowed to. Yeah. Is this not on the job? Because, I mean, why take Didi on the job? You got cars and everything, right? Yeah, but um, sometimes it's nicer to take Didi. Uh, you know, especially with the, the Didi Premium. You, 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 you take a Tesla and you feel like, wow, I, am, I have a Tesla because, you know, I'm Israeli. <laughs> but you don't take a Didi to a meeting with a mayor? Or if my car is busy, or I don't have a problem with that. Yeah? yeah. I prefer not to, of course. Just with the security. Do you have to have security with you every, all the time? Kind sometimes. of. Sometimes. Okay. So, um, yeah, can, some, can you just go out to the bar, get drunk? 
I can go out to the bar. I prefer not to get drunk yeah. because, yeah, that's, that's the perk. Yeah. The thing is that I'm not Peleg sometimes. Right. Okay. I represent the country. Uh, if somebody sees me drunk or somebody sees me doing something wrong, it's wrong. It's, it's the reputation of my country. Therefore, sometimes, you know, I cannot. Yeah. Right. For example, in the last weeks when we had cases that foreigners were not allowed to enter to places or discriminated, it happens to me as well. Uh, several times. But people don't know who you are. I mean, no, uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't complain officially to the ministry to the FAO, right? right. Mm-hmm. Because I did a lot for other uh, Israelis. Right. When I thought, when I thought, True. but for me, it's you know, it, I don't want to make. To I don't make want to use deal. that card. Exactly. I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Uh, uh, so yes. So that's why um, you know, when I was a ambassador in Paraguay, I had a bodyguard all the time and. I used to go every two weeks to just to cross the border uh, to Argentina. Because when you cross the border, you become a, a normal citizen, a normal uh-huh. tourist. You don't have a bodyguard, and you can breathe a little bit, <laughs> in a way. In a way. So yeah. China is not so difficult. You know, it's not right. difficult at all. So, but yes. How about family? I mean, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a civil servant, as a, you know, going around the world, is it, it's difficult, right? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge today. You know, uh, in the past, maybe, you know, for... Uh, most diplomats were men, and the woman was, uh, it was obvious that she would uh, you know, lose her career and go after her husband. It's not the way uh, today. Nowadays, uh, in the last several courses, uh, 65%, there are more women than men in the uh, oh, diplomatic wow, career. Okay. It's all over the world, actually. Right. Uh, when I started, the, it was uh, 70-30. 70 men, 30% women. Now it's... The opposite. The opposite. Wow. Uh, for me, uh, in the last 16 years, I have a partner, and uh, we don't have kids, and he, yeah, in a, in a way, he sacrifices uh, right. his career. But in, in Israel, we have a different system. But we we think that if the husband or if the diplomat is not, if the spouse of the diplomat is not happy, so the diplomat will be miserable. Right. <laughs> Therefore. Uh, our spouses don't stay home and have cocktails and cook. Uh, they work. Uh, if they want, they can work at the consulate you or the embassy. find something for them. Yeah, it's obligatory for us to give them... Obligatory? A, oh, obligatory wow. for us if they want to, to work, which is another challenge to work with your spouse 24-7. Yes, seven. I'm sure, yeah. You do that. Tell me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I, it's a huge challenge, but it's worth it. Um, yeah, but th- this is this is the biggest challenge of the diplomatic world. Is um, the spouse has to give us the spouse and, and, and the children. You know, it's not easy always yeah. for the children. It's nice to have you know to go to an American school and to to, to enjoy different cultures, but it's it's very uh, challenging. The roots are kind of like cut there. So you have to work harder. Yes. You have to work harder that your children uh, will have the roots and will study Hebrew and will. Uh, know about religion so but it's up to you basically right all right so as a, as a, again as a diplomat uh do you i mean is it uh, does it matter if you don't share like you you said a little bit about it. you talked about uh you you criticize you can criticize mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter if you don't share political views with your Superiors. I think that uh, first of all that's what people think you know people mm-hmm. make it together but you know yeah listen I, I I'm a public employee. I I, uh, I have to represent what the government says. Of course, I can criticize the government. I can I can I can tell my my superiors. Listen, this is something I cannot do. And I think that every person have to have a red line. All right. I think that that that's 
in, I didn't get to my red line. Okay. Uh, I think that you don't see a lot of diplomats doing that, but if something will happen, that it will I be my, my decision, and I will say. And sometimes the ministry, for me, for me, sometimes I was in positions that I preferred not to go to a certain event or to present myself to a certain person because I thought it's immoral for me. I explained my, to the headquarters and they told me, okay, either okay. you can send somebody else or just don't go. All right, that's good. So we'll take a break and we talk more about uh, China and Israel relationship right after that. All right, and we are back with a very, very important guest today. And we are going to play our second game of the show, yeah. which is called What's Up With This? Yeah. So um, what we're going to do is Ziv went through some social media and picked up a couple of pictures, and uh, we want to know a little bit of context uh, mm. around the pictures, okay? Mm -hmm. right. So Ziv, go right, right. ahead. This is the <laughs> first one. Ah, this yeah. looks interesting. Yes. That was in June. Uh, that was um, hmm. a, it was uh, it was called a Pride in the in the Pride in the uh, in the living room. Pride in the living room. Pride okay. in the living room. Okay. This this was Pride in the terrace because the living room was too small. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we have a, uh, we have uh, this fashion in Israel. This thing that. Um, gather groups and to talk about subjects. And this was during Pride Day, uh, Pride Month, June. And in Tel Aviv. In yeah. Tel Aviv. Yeah. And yeah. I was talking about, about myself and about, uh, about myself, basically, life. And so this is a Pride, Pride in the Living Room. For it's example, last week I did a Remember in the Living Room. Right. Uh, it's about the Holocaust, Holocaust day, right. so I invited some people also, and we spoke about the Holocaust, we spoke about the... A remembrance and we right. spoke about it. So Israel is very open about gays, right? Pride, right? Yeah, I think that we are a country that... Uh, very. Democratic and very, it's a very... Uh, no, but I mean, some, uh, some uh, you know, they say Tel Aviv Pride Parade, which mm -hmm. I have been to mm -hmm. a few times. It's mm -hmm. one of the biggest in the world, one yeah. of the most yeah. uh, notable uh, in the world. But, you know, we are kind of like, we are democratic in a Jewish state, right? Like yeah. it's in the name, it's in the, mm -hmm. you know, religion yeah. is there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of surprising, I think, to people that we are Sometimes, open. Sometimes, yes. Uh, yeah, but I think it, this is like the, the debate, are we a Jewish state? Are we a democratic state? First of all, I don't think that the sexual orientation has uh, any conflict with, uh, with religion, you know, okay. uh, in a way. Uh, because you see all religions, not all religions are against homosexuality. For example, if you look at the East... Not all? No, in well, the East. Eastern, yeah. Eastern, like here in China, there's nothing religious about it. And I think that also in religions that are now uh, more and more discriminatory, it's because of the interpretation right. of that you take it. Yeah. Uh, so Israel, I think that part of the f of the power of the force of the strength of uh, the Israeli society is to be able to be open. Right. Uh, because we are a country of immigrants. It's not oh, by all sectors, though. I mean, when they try exactly. to do the Pride Parade in Jerusalem, exactly, that was an exactly. issue. And, and, and this is something that you have to respect, you know. Right, you, don't, right. you don't have to put things yes, on yes. strength. But it's something that we, I personally believe that we have to fight. So in this kind of evening, you talk about yourself, you about give the experience. And Absolutely. Yeah. Right, showing that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I understand. Okay, we're all moving right. on to so another picture. Another picture, yes, this one. Ah, um, this actually, this is when I received the keys to the city or the uh, uh, the uh, 
uh, honorary uh, citizenship of a, a city called the uh, Encarnacion, which uh-huh. is in the south of Paraguay. Uh, this picture is important because uh, the guy to my right was the governor at the time, and I reposted it because he died later on. He was uh-huh. a candidate to vice presidency uh, in the last election in Paraguay, and his plane came down, and uh, Luis and Nightig. So that's why I published okay. it. Okay, so you got the keys to the city. And yeah. usually we do two, but I want to do three today, Fernando. Yeah. And this is the, ah. the last one. So this is from a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. Okay. This is a donation we received uh, of, to Israel. Of masks. Uh, this or is uh, th- thermometers, actually. Thermometers, yeah. okay. Thermometers. So donations from China? Yeah. From Chinese businessmen or? Uh, from Chinese associations and businessmen, yeah. Uh, basically, because, you know, when things started in February, uh, some Israeli businessmen or universities send, send uh, donations of masks here right. uh, the, first, the first weeks. Um, not governmental, but private uh, initiative. And the same happen, it's happening now in, in China. So we were approached by churches, by association, by business partners. Uh, churches to, here? Yeah, here and around, yeah, people that, uh, okay. churches or other associations. And they, they didn't ask us, actually. They just arrived with masks. Oh. Hey, uh, here. <laughs> we are here and, yeah, here. What, what is, every uh, country, you think, get these kind of things now from China? Or is some more, some less? I think it's some more, some less. Uh, I think that our case is quite special. Uh, because most donations that arrive to other countries are based upon business you know, companies that are doing ties. business, ties. And we are, I think, that the only ones to really got it from people who love Israel. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Mm. So, uh, yeah, well, that was our second game of the show. What's up with this? Yeah. All right, let's continue. Um, I wanted to ask a very short question. You mentioned that you became an honorary citizen mm. uh, of, um, I forgot the name of Encarnacion. the city. Encarnacion. Um, what did you, I mean, is it a normal thing for diplomats to get it, or, or was it anything specific that put you in that? In that, my, my philosophy is that you know we have a lot of what we call protocol or meetings. You know, you are supposed to meet the mayor of this and the, the governor. I personally don't believe it much. I think it's a waste of time in a way. Uh, when I approach um, a city, a government, is when I have something material, something that concrete that I want to offer as means of cooperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take, for example, Dongguan. Uh, Dongguan, which I really, really like, and I think they not because we're sitting now in Dongguan, but I think that their FAO works ami- amazingly. FAO is a foreign, foreign affairs, affairs office. office. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, with Dongguan, first of all, there are Israeli companies over here. Sometimes some guys called Ziv also. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I have something. You know, there are Israelis living here, so I have a kind of connection. I will not go to visit a city on the first thing that there are no Israelis. There are no Israelis. There just right. to I mean, we're, nice sitting, we're sitting in the, uh, yeah, in the, the Sino-Israeli um, industrial, you know, industrial park. park. park so right. Dongguan has already have an Israeli enclave, let's put it that way. Uh, there are Israeli companies that have factories here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, few, a few of them. Right. And uh, so we have our interest. And before this uh, pandemic, we were really uh, developing a kind of a, a, a kind of a commercial um, 
event to do, do an investment event uh, to bring 50 Israeli companies to invest in Dongguan and vice versa. Uh, so th th therefore, uh, this is meeting. In Garacion also, we had a good relation with uh, tourism in the tourism um, in tourism area. And that's what led and to that that's what led to, to the that. reason why I asked because I'm also an honorary citizen of Dongguan. Mm. Ah, so I hope to be one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if somebody here. You should, you should, you yeah. should come more often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, right. that's basically, yes. M my goal in life is to have an honorary PhD, you know, so I don't have to study <laughs> for the PhD. Uh, I'm still working on that. Not yet. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah maybe later. The, yeah. the Dongguan University of Technology is here in Songshan Lake. Yeah. So we Are wanted you? to go to other posts or we wanted to go into innovation? Right. Uh, I think I think into innovation. I yes. think into Israeli-China relationship, yes. uh, which mm -hmm. includes in innovation a lot. Yeah, I think it's important that we mention that we want to thank the people here for at sure. the Sino-Israeli yes. Industrial Park for right. well allowing us to have this Hosting us show on, here. Thank so you. nicely, thank you very much. And it's yeah. an amazing place, actually. It yeah. is fantastic. It's the it, first it, time for me here today. Yeah, it's, it's you saw the parks. No, I want to come back. Amazing! It's an amazing place. The architecture. Uh, it's, it's really nice. Is it meant to, to look up something with Israeli Yeah, yeah, the, the, architect of yeah. Two, the architect of these two buildings, Amnon Richter, okay. uh, is a very known Israeli architect. So it has the Israeli vibe. There is uh, There are a lot of uh, plants brought from Israel. Oh, okay. These are from the lake. These are from the lake. I chose them yesterday. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, you went around. <laughs> I'm, and you I'm going to take them, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no so misunderstanding, please. So, but, but uh, okay, if we are talking about it, mm -hmm. but there aren't really any Israeli companies here right now. In this part, I don't think no, so. I don't think Not so. Yet. But is it something that yeah, that's they the, are working that, on? That's the idea. There are many parks around Dongguan, right? Yeah, around Guangdong. Industrial park. Uh, industri Sino-Israeli industrial yeah. parks. Um, the name, you know, attracts. Uh, this park is special because uh, between Israel and China, there is a special relation on innovation. We have something called the innovation, uh, the innovation committee. Uh, that sits uh, twice a year, once in Israel and once in China, and really focus on innovation. It's, it's something very unique to Israel uh, from, the, from China's point of view. And in this, this, this uh, committee has selected four parks to be the leading in each uh, in sector. So this park was elected uh, to be leading in, in terms of uh, water management and the um, environment. So therefore, it's the, it's the most difficult one because it's not the obvious one of high-tech companies that will mm -hmm. make money quickly. So right. therefore, it, it takes more time here. Uh, it doesn't mean that Israeli companies has to be, right. have to be here, but there are companies that have a connection either to the uh, area, to the sector of water management, or have to do with Israel. They, they do business with Israel, right. or they, they represent Israeli technologies, etc. How does it work? Who invests to... to create this kind of park? Uh, not Israel. Right, right. <laughs> uh, based usually it's... Private? Uh, it's a mixture, it's a PPP. It's a private, uh, it's a private uh, uh, partnership with the state, with the public. Uh, in this case, uh, it's the government of... Uh, it's Songshan Lake? Or? No. Songshan Lake has to do with it. It started, it's one of the four, of, uh, so it's also also federal government uh, money here. Okay, Guangdong. Yeah. Uh, not Guangdong, Beijing. Ah, Beijing, Beijing. Okay, okay. Uh, And also, of course, private sector uh, is very much involved. You know, we are very in a very nice place, so area of the city. Right, Huawei, yeah. it's, uh, Huawei is right, right here. Right here, so right we are, here. we're in good, 
They are cool by comparison. You know, it felt really nice to me. I took some video. Uh, I come to a place. I'm in Dongguan. I live here for 17 years, and I go to and I see the Israeli flag mm -hmm. yeah. right there, yeah, up it's there. It's, it's, nice. It's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's a good feeling. <laughs> uh, and uh, and here there are some uh, big pri big uh, private uh, enterprises that invested because you see there is a huge invention of money yes. here. Yes. And what I like about this place that they think about the future, because we're talking when you're talking about innovation. Uh, the relationship between Israel and, and, and it, it's, it's a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. You know, when you talk about uh, China and other countries, okay, it's sell and buy, buy and sell. It's not the case in Israel. Israel is a small, uh, it's a small uh, market, you know, uh, it's nine million people. Uh, here it's investment for the future because what Israel is selling nowadays is ideas. Um, air, you know, we sell ideas and we, sell, we don't sell products. And when Chinese invest in us, it's not that they invest in other countries that they buy, you know, real estate. They buy the in Israel, it, and it's hard. You know, they come and invest in a idea, in a startup. Mm -hmm, in a it's not easy. It's not easy uh, for the Chinese market to do that. If you come to think about most Chinese investments, are something that you can touch. Something solid, yeah. Something right. solid. And in Israel, it's not the case. But I think that uh, China. Uh, understood the potential and the benefits that they can have by investing in, Isra in Israeli companies. Long term. This is in long term. And this is something special. And this is something very unique and it's What do you difficult. say, uh, maybe it's a hard question, what do you say about, you know, there is a lot of investment from China and Israel, right? Yeah. They bought Nova or is it Osem? Nova, was it? Nova mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Right, they yeah. bought the biggest uh, milk yeah. Yeah. producer, you know, and they're building some ports in Israel and, I don't know, tunnels, whatever. And some people uh, are not so happy about that. Well, it's 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 a it's a global uh, question, you right, know. How is. much it's how much you open? I think that Israel. Um, no, but the question with Israel was uh, a strategic. Yes, yeah. they, I mean they have ties with countries that Israel don't have ties with, and you know. Yeah. So I try w w what we did, uh, what we're doing with China, for example, they're building now the Tel Aviv subway. It's our biggest uh, logistics logistic uh, project that we have. Uh, I think that Chinese as well understand the restrictions that we can have and there are certain issues that we don't collaborate. Yeah. So uh, because Israel is also a very special country, we have a quite of a um, unique, unique uh, environment that we try not to rely on other countries because of our history, because of our experience. Uh, therefore, I think that both sides here understand the yes and no's. And in terms of innovation, you know, we have no limit to cooperate with the, with Chinese uh, in, with Chinese um, parties or Chinese companies. It can be something of software, and it can be something like what you have here that right. is something very uh, yeah that you can touch, for right. example. Right. And it's innovation, but uh, uh, Israeli innovation, but in China, made totally mm -hmm. in China, right? Mm -hmm. Developed. Well, yeah. mm, a lot of countries around the world are kind of like falling um, in line with Huawei's 5G network. Um, is Israel one of those? Um, or we are we are not there yet. Mm -hmm. We prefer to wait a little bit before we go into 5G. Mm -hmm. Uh, Israel, on one hand, is very uh, technological advanced. On the other hand, not so much. Before, for example, we are stuck in the uh, payment with credit card. We don't have WeChat. We don't have e-payment. 
People don't right. like it in Israel, so we are stuck But with in the uh, U.S. as well, right? In the U.S., they, they have SMS, come on, they don't use WhatsApp or WeChat. It's ridiculous, right, the right, Americans. Right. It's even more yeah, backwards. But, uh, yeah. but you mean as a country that's uh, supposedly yeah. very innovative and yeah. everything, we are not, We're not there. But I think the innovation is inside here, exactly. in Israel. Exactly. So 5G, if, uh, 5G is not a big issue for us uh, right away. For us, we have other preoccupations like big data issues. Uh, Israel is, a, uh, Israel is you're talking about before yeah. about the biological, uh, the, the biometric, biometric passport. Biometric yeah. passport. On one hand, okay, we accept it. On one hand, we don't have, you know, we're very individuals. Big data is a little bit scary for us. Mm -hmm. Right. So what kind of, uh, what can you tell us, like, what's going on now uh, uh, with the relationship in terms of innovation or in Guangdong or all around China, between Israel and China. So, so basically what, what's happening is that uh, Israeli companies come here for two things. First of all, to get investments, you know, because the Israeli companies, they are small, and what they need is capital to, to, to continue their elaboration. So VCs, Chinese VCs and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, VCs mostly, uh, and especially here in Shenzhen, in Guangzhou, uh, there, are, there is money. Right. And it used to be more in Hong Kong before also, but, and I think that Chinese understand that they can, and slowly changing, invest in startups, invest in the future. That's the first thing. Secondly, we need to produce. Israel is not a production site. We right. need place to produce. This is a great example. It's right. an Israeli idea or technology, but right. where we would produce it? In China. China. Right. Uh, that's the second thing. And the third thing is the market. Now, Chinese are really trying to, for Israeli companies to come here, but unless they give the three uh, these three things, they will not come. And this is something that is very hard for us to explain. Because sometimes, you know, you have this beautiful park. I'm sure that every Israeli company that will want will get here free room, free, you know, free Wi-Fi. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. They will get the investment. It's not enough for us to come. I need the market as well. Mm. Okay, so this is the, biggest, the big challenge. But there are a lot of Israeli companies on uh, high-tech that are doing it. Uh, we have good examples. Uh, it takes time. I, I, I'm interested in what you mentioned that this particular industrial park, mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, um, is focusing basically on, on water treatment and water mm -hmm. management. And the environment. Um, yeah. environment are there already projects uh, in, in this aspect? No, no, not yet because it's a long, it's, it's <laughs> again, it's not something that you see money immediately, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and the south of China is not a... Water is not scarce here, so it's rain and the water. Rain, yeah. So it's difficult. It's, it's 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 more difficult to sell, but I think this is a long-term uh, invention here, uh, investment in thinking. You know, because it will get a problem because urban uh, in in big urban uh, urban areas like South China, there is a problem of water already. There is innovation in terms of water treatment in Israel. Absolutely, in Israel, ninety-five percent of the water is recycled. Ninety-five percent. Uh, from being a country that used to import water, we had in the Turkey right? from Turkey, yeah. we had boats coming with water from we Turkey. We don't have water. We we just which, yeah. which you just didn't have it, and now we have. You know, when we were grow growing up as, as a child in Israel, you know, when you brush your teeth, let me give you an example. Do you turn off the tap when you brush your teeth? Not in Colombia, not, not here in not China. Here, China. We do it. It's it's more it's, it's basic thing for me. Right. I tap, the, I close the the, the, right. the water. The water. Right. Right. We were raised on that, that we have to save water. Well, desert, kind of. Yeah. You know, we are. So uh, it will arrive to everybody. So that, need, that, that, that problem we had yes. drove innovation. Absolutely. And, and uh, drip irrigation. 
Mm-hmm. Because we it's don't have enough water to use every drop. And it will arrive to everywhere, to Colombia, right. to right. China. The problem of water, you know, they say that the third, fourth world war will fought about resources, about water. And you see a whole continent like Africa. There is no water. As simple as that. Look at Cape Town. Mm. What happened there a few months ago? There was no water. LA, uh, California. No water for about six months. Eight months. I, no I, water. I, I saw a show on, on Netflix about mm. the avocado, you mm-hmm. know, uh, in the world. And water is very, you know, it's a, it's a problem. Uh, avocado is, the, is the, green, the, the, new, the green gold, we call yeah, it. Now. Yeah. And because of water, a lot of it, because yeah, yeah, of water, yeah, yeah. you need a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting thing why I think about water is because this city has changed from a labor-intensive industry mm-hmm. into a technology-intensive industry, and part of that was to deal with pollution. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of air pollution and water pollution, and they've done great things in, in, yes. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, still a lot to do. We can't drink water from a tap, but... I yeah. drink sometimes. You <laughs> I do. It's a break. That, that's yeah. why the beard is <laughs> so weird. Middle of the night, I drank too much, I get up, no, I'm not going to the kitchen. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I'm used to from Israel, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah, just a little bit, it's, I think it's not going to go on far. the edge. But you said, you said something about uh, uh, the Israeli companies coming here, they need the three things and everything. How about how, wh- how much uh, fear from copying them plays a role? It plays a role. It plays a, a big role, uh, and that's another... Uh, Today, you know, to say copy, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit basic, but uh, yes, uh, the fear of the IP, but I think that the Chinese government is doing a lot of good work in the IP right. issues. Uh, I participate in two, three uh, symposiums about it because they understand that it's a huge problem. So if you do have a patent, you should be fine, right? Because yeah. you can sue. Yeah. It's not what it was yeah. like the wild, wild east. No, you, can, you, can, you can sue and it's easier and you have a lot of support from the government. Right. Once the Chinese government went into it, they understood that it's, uh, people will not come, people will not, will not bring their... Uh, right. Do you assist companies, companies that have problems like that? Do you in any way in a position to assist them? We, we cannot get involved into legal matters, uh, but yes, we try to assist them. Uh, for advice? them. For them, no, not advice, for them to have a fair trial. Okay. Fair treatment. You're trying to help on that. Okay. On that. For example, let me give you an example. Um, there is a case with our neighbor here, the big company. Okay. And they wanted to do something on Saturday. So we explained that for us. And it, the, the lawyer cannot come on Saturday because it's a religious day. And okay. they understood it. Then the court moved it to, us to Monday, for example. Okay. Because for us, it's to have fair treatment. For example, if there is an Israeli or Colombian in, in, an Israeli in, in jail, I will not, you know, uh, my job is to see that he's treated as okay. anybody else that is not... You can in. visit him just to see that, not to help legally. No. Basically. As a, he has a lawyer. I can, I, I can give him a list of lawyers, etc. Uh, it's my job to see that he gets, you know, translation. That is, is, but I will not. Right. Because Israeli, I, I would say immediately that he's, uh, you know, innocent or something. Did you ever have a case like that? We have a lot. In... Uh, Luckily, in South China, we don't have Israeli prisoners. So okay. we're we the good boys here. Yeah. Right? Quite a few Colombians, unfortunately. <laughs> I suppose. So. I think a lot of countries. A lot of countries, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, so, okay, other than water treatment and environmental stuff, you know, um, I guess the, the, the regular Israeli talk, you know, what you, uh, 
the set talk is like, okay, we invented this and that and cherry tomatoes and the USB stick and, mm -hmm. and all of those things, right? Yeah. Uh, um, what 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 other things like you, they do with China? Anything that you say you say? I think that one of the uh, I know that uh, like I hear that medicine is uh, yeah, bio China China buy medicine from Israel. Biomed. Uh, listen, one of the problems of, of that the world is going to 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 face it's uh, third age. You know the population, and we see it now in the, with the COVID. You know that mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, especially in Europe, United States, in China also, the population is getting old, and we need more solutions. Not so much in pharma, but all all around it. You know, it's biomed. So there are a lot of Israeli companies that are doing my biomed here. Uh, we have even a, a center called Bio Island in Guangzhou. They make it here. They develop. They develop. They develop. They, de they develop okay. it here. Um, joint ventures. Joint this kind venture, of Usually joint venture. Okay, usually okay. joint venture uh, because we have a lot to, to learn from the Chinese also. Uh, biomed is a big thing. W the health in general, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. Application, a APPs, that has to do with health. Israel is very, is very um, advanced in that. Another thing that is a big issue here now, it's the uh, fintech, financial technology. Mm. Um, so that, that's another, another thing that is very strong. So biomed, fintech are the things that are very rentable. Because if you get a nice thing in bio, you can become a rich very rich right. very quickly, <laughs> right. and fintech as well. Um, uh, I have a question in terms of um, where China stands in terms of uh, electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. Is there any kind of cooperation with Israel? Is it an important development? Is, is it something all, to look yeah, forward? First of all, uh, let's be a little bit local, uh, you know, uh, proud because uh, from February, uh, Israel became the first country out, outside of uh, East uh, Asia that uh, GAC, Guangdong uh, company, the Guangdong company is selling electrical cars. I saw that when I looked at your company. Yeah, so we are the first and um, it's a thing, and BYD from out of Shenzhen is selling now uh, buses, uh, electrical buses to Israel. Yes, Israel was one of the first countries, if you remember, Better Space, that uh, introduced that, uh, the electronic uh, stuff. We are, we are selling, uh, we are cooperating in different technologies for the electronic cars, batteries. Uh, there is a huge Israeli company, very known, like uh, Mobileye. Yeah, that is uh, known for the auto auto driver. Uh, yeah, that's my car driver. has that one. Yeah, a lot of cars have that. Yeah. So in Israel, it's obligatory for but going the next step, a completely autonomous car. Uh, How far are we himself. from that? If you it exists, it exists. Uh, in Israel, Mobili has two cars. So uh, I accompanied several you know presidents that arrive, and you see it in the back, and the driver start ringing, and then he push a button and start talking to you, and you are like, ah. And it's on the highway, <laughs> it, it exists. It exists. The problem is the infrastructure. How to make the infrastructure, and I think- Together with others. Together with others and the infrastructure of where to put the, I think China will be the first country to implement it. Because if you see now the electrical cars, I think that China is number one. Mm -hmm. You know, in all of Israel, you have, I think 30 or 40 uh, stations where to, you know, <laughs> when you, which is ridiculous, you know, here you have 30, 40 in, in, in one garden, in, in yeah. one garden, in yeah. a parking yeah. place. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> um, I think that China really is the leader in that. We can, Israeli can, can enter into several points, but I think nobody can compete with China. A very personal question because I drive mm -hmm. an EV and mm -hmm. I, and I, and I, it has this uh, capacity. What is the limitation in terms of when 
I mean, is it about the roads? Is it uh, the way the roads are built? Or just the interaction with other drivers? The, the self-driving? Yes. Uh, it's the interaction, basically, with, with other drivers. With other drivers. Although Israel is very promoted because you know Waze. Yeah. Okay, so Waze is, is, is an Israeli thing. And uh, we have it in, the, in our mentality. Um, I think there is no other choice but to get there. Um, and here I we forget can that Waze is Israeli, yeah. <laughs> Add yeah. it to the list of the... the yeah, well, someone bought them, though, right? Yeah, yeah, everybody was bought. Skype or something, <laughs> yeah, everybody was bought. They have a lot of... Don't forget, you know, you know, the inventor of uh, uh, the, the SMS or the WeChat is Israeli. Yeah. Uh, ICQ. Yeah, oh, yeah, ICQ. It's the first. The messaging. Oh, look, the messaging. this is 1990 something. Yes. I was yeah, still yeah, in Colombia that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so think we need to take a break. I want to talk a little bit more after this. But sure. Yeah. Just one final question. Have you met the football star from Israel? Iran Zavi. Yeah? Of course. Awesome, Russia. awesome. Why we we want to meet him more. too. <laughs> All right. So, we guys, we'll see you in a second. All right, guys. So, we are continuing our interview. So, um, we're talking about innovation. We well, talked well, first, about we were talking a little bit about, I want to ask a little bit more about that. Israeli audience would like to hear uh, about the Israeli star, right? Oh, yeah, the, sure. The Iran Zavi, which... Uh, uh, He's the biggest Israeli football player right now, I guess. He's the captain of the captain the team of the national, national team. team, of course. And he plays here for like two, three, three years now, mm -hmm. right? And he's the all-time lead scorer, absolutely, of China's first league. Yeah, they put in the Colombians to shame. <laughs> there must be Colombians <laughs> and playing, the Brazilians right? and, Brazilians and, and the Italians, yeah. right? And uh, uh -huh. you meet with him sometimes or just... Uh I, I think that the, the amazing thing about Ran uh, Zeavi, uh, first of all, he's not the only Israeli player. Seabde uh, also is here with him. That he's, uh, what we say, the mensch. Uh, he takes his role imp uh, very importantly because, you know, a football star is a role model. And he's like an ambassador. Uh, yeah, and he's the real ambassador of, of Israel. Because if you ask anybody <laughs> in Guangzhou or in China, name me one Israeli, they will tell you Ran Zeavi. Right. So I work for, th for him, basically. <laughs> uh, but I think that he proved, um, you know, coming back here three weeks ago, almost a month ago, uh, he proved that he, with his family, yes, he proved that he is a real uh, Cantonese. He's he really here. And we are all waiting for the league to start, I hope, as soon as we'll possible, because people right. are getting crazy already. Uh, right. So, so he, he shows up sometimes for events? I think that every time that uh, Israel calls him to the flag, he, he will he come. He does it. He does it, and I think that uh, uh, we are very proud that he's here. And his kids are here? His kids are here, Go going to school, to school here. here. Okay, his right. wife is here. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> how, how is your Chinese, by the way? Uh, it will come sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Listen, a person has to know his, his, his limits, you know. After the age of 50, you... Yeah. <laughs> when you don't answer mama hoo hoo, that tells me a lot. Yes, uh, <laughs> I was thinking, say mama hoo hoo. Yes, <laughs> like <know>. <laughs> I don't it's not. We're not very good, by the way. You think 20 years, 17 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. But no, believe me, for that amount of years, we need to be much better. You could have been, could, to tell you the truth, I speak Hungarian very well. Because Hungarian? For three years, I invested and I took what you do with it later. Then you I forget, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was yeah. in Japan. I studied Japanese, and you know, right. I can go to a Japanese restaurant now, and that's some, it. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and I, out of respect for my Chinese colleague, I will not even try. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So, I want to talk a little bit about the. Uh, I think another part of your mission here, right? So, mm -hmm. tourism, tourism yeah. between China, Israel. 
Um, recently, I mean, maybe three years ago, uh, Israel was the third or fourth nation in the world that signed the 10-year uh, visa years, yeah. agreement uh, mm -hmm. with China. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I guess that's because we want to attract more Chinese tourists like everybody else. Uh, Not, yes, absolutely. The, the Chinese tourists are good for the Israeli economy. Yeah. It's a different tourism that we're used to because most of tourism that comes to Israel come it's a religious tourism, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And Chinese are more, yeah, evangelical, Christian. Yeah, yeah. You know. so more like shoppers, or I think that the Chinese, first of all, Israel still is a different or exotic destination for them because it doesn't go into each, any of those queues. It's not you know European, it's not American, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not African. Worried. It's different. It has everything. It has nothing. So it's a little bit interesting on in a way. It has the Red Sea, uh, the Dead Sea, which is, you know, the very famous, the yeah, famous them, about here. Um, good shopping and the diamonds. Mm. Israel, number one export is still diamonds. So um, uh, basically the diamond industry in Israel is based on upon Chinese tourism nowadays. Um, so first of all, our visa is the cheapest one in the market. Uh, you mean our cost, Israeli yeah, visa the cost, is the cheapest yeah, one? Yeah, well, yeah. How much is it? Nothing basically, uh, less than one hundred RMB. Oh wow! Uh -huh. US is like one thousand. Uh -huh. Wow! For any country, you mean, or for Chinese? Ah, so for Colombians as well? Wow! Colombians do not need visa to Israel. Oh, Let's wow. go. <laughs> so uh, um, and yes, the ten year the ten year visa is more for business. Uh, because uh, you want to make it easy, right? We want to make it easy. You know, visa shouldn't be an issue. Uh, I know. Another thing is that a lot of consulate part of the budget is the visa uh, fee. Yeah, uh, I think for me it's, it, it sounds unreal, you know, unrealistic. So there is no tourism; you don't have a budget. It's you know. Uh, Chinese so to go to the US is not just the visa cost; it's the agent that needs to help them because they are really terrified they won't get the visa. Prepare yeah. the papers. So we here also this is the only country that we have as visa center. People don't come directly to the consulate; they go to a visa center, but it costs another one hundred quai. So, ah, so, not, so yeah. you mean uh, the people don't go to the consulate? No, then there's no need. It's quicker to go through the and it's visa center. anyone get it basically. If they no, not anyone, but I mean yes. it's very it, easy. It's not difficult. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, okay. you, if, you, if you really see that somebody's bona fide, that he doesn't want to, because we have illegal immigrants, we have a big problem in Israel with illegal immigrants, right. also from East Asia, so uh, we have to take careful. But tourism is important for us. Uh, we are working very hard on direct flights. So nowadays, well, before uh, this uh, pandemic, uh, we have direct flights from um, Shenzhen. Mm -hmm. to Israel twice a week by Hainan Airlines. We are right. hoping to have right. one from Guangzhou as well, from China Southern. Right. There are flight, direct flights from uh, Chengdu, from Shanghai, and from Beijing. Uh, from Shanghai, not, yeah, from Shanghai, from Beijing. I did the Cathay Pacific. Mm. I did that. Directly? Uh, no, that, that's Directly uh, also. Yeah, Cathay yeah. Pacific. So only for, from yeah. Canton, if you take in Hong Kong, it's a consideration. We have all, uh, more than one flight a, a day. Mm. Uh, so it, it really helps. Uh, we are... We think that the uh, Guangzhou airport, uh, Bayonne airport, could be a hub uh, for Israeli that are going to Asia. So uh, okay. I think that the market is bigger than only You mean uh, instead China. of Hong Kong? Huh? Instead of... There is uh, enough space for everybody. It doesn't right. have to replace yeah, somebody okay. else. Well, but they uh, probably need more help yeah. on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we see a lot of that. We, we, we cherish the... We're really looking forward for the uh, Chinese tourists. How many Chinese people 
go to Israel every not year? Enough. Not enough. That's uh, the number. Um, just before, <laughs> like last year, do you know? Like uh, 200,000, which is... 200,000, which is not enough. It's not enough. What are some of the... the the most touristy destinations apart, well, obviously from from Jerusalem. But what are the um, the other destinations in Israel? Uh, basically, it's uh, the the Dead Sea, mm -hmm. uh, the Sea of Galilee in the north, um, Nazareth, and everything. But for Chinese uh, tourists, also the sea, the sea, the seaside, uh, Tel Aviv and Haifa, uh, mm. they come a lot. What we're trying also to do is to have a, a regional cooperation. Uh, okay, don't come only to Israel. You can go to Jordan. You can go to Egypt. Uh, it's Israel should be the hub, and uh, uh, we're trying to work with our neighbors to, to, to attract people. We do it a lot in other countries. In China, it's less. Chinese, I think, they prefer to go to one destination and come back. And also, the Chinese don't travel for long. Yeah, their vacations are very short, so it's not one country usually. But do we we try to do this. Do most of them? Uh, Go with the group, you know, yes, the, yes, the, the tourist yes, group. Ninety percent, yeah. right? Still ninety percent. Yeah. Although the young generation, they travel alone. People to yeah. in their twenties, right. the younger twenties, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they travel yeah. alone. We were talking they, last they, night about one girl that has traveled to twenty different countries. I think they will do it mm. more and more. Yeah. 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 The Chinese young generation. Is yeah, changing. but I, I think, and they're changing because usually one of the issues with the Chinese groups is they eat Chinese food. Food. So you need to to take them to. And the young, no, they want to... And Ch Chinese to have, uh, uh, I would say, that we have the good side of uh, this racism. Jews, Jews in China. I mean, Chinese have a, a, a fascination with Jews. Even today, here, up uh, this floor, uh, when we had lunch, I sat with two Chinese, at the, they have an office here, and they didn't speak English, but uh, they brought up the Talmud, mm. right? So, which is, for us, it's a... It's a Bible thing. It's like it's, it's a religious thing, you know. But so they have a thing with Judaism. That wh what is that? I think that there is um, a belief not only in China, also in Japan and right, Vietnam Japan in, the, in the East, yeah. um, that they see the stereotype of uh, a Jewish person that is m relatively more. He studied more. He had more money. He's more intelligent. I, wish, I always Business tell them I wish. Uh, I always say, oh, you never been to Israel. Half was not so <laughs> yeah. smart. No. But but it, it, it's it's a positive thing, and I think yes, that it's, uh, it's a positive thing. I won't you know. Uh, I won't argue. <laughs> I won't argue with that. Um, one of our biggest problems, as me as an Israeli diplomat, is to. Um, to have the expectation level realistic. Yeah. Because sometimes mm -hmm. uh, they forget that we're, we're 9 million, that's it. So everybody's saying, oh, Israeli companies should come. How many Israeli companies <laughs> we have? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So the expectation level has to sometimes adjust adjust itself, adjust itself uh, right. like anything else in life, but also in, towards Israel. Right. And uh, so. So yeah, they go to Israel, I guess they expect that, they may expect everybody is smart, everybody is businessman. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, it's, it's not. One thing they, they expect is to be expensive when it is expensive. Israel became Israel is expensive. expensive. Yes, very expensive. it's expensive. But uh, for a lot of Chinese tourists, it doesn't matter too much, no. right? Um, all right, so what about Israeli tourists coming to China? Uh, are there many? Yeah, yeah. More, 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 and more? more and more, of course. And uh, yes, uh, you can see during Israeli holidays in April and September, you will hear a, a lot of Hebrew. Guangzhou, Guangdong in general is not a touristic destination yet. Mm. Uh, it's a business destination. Right. Yes, destination. Yes, more, yes. An Israeli tourist will go more to Guangzhou, Shanghai. maybe. Not Dongguan. Uh, not even Guangzhou. Yeah, maybe no. Guilin. They will Yangshuo. go to Guilin, maybe, yeah. or they will come from Hong Kong. But uh, this is something that 
not only towards Chinese tourists, I think that Guangdong has to do a lot to, to because there is so much beauty here uh, and uh, to attract more and more tourists here. A lot of Israelis come here more for business, especially to international. To this area. People this always area. ask me, how many Israelis are in Dongguan? How many in Shenzhen, <laughs> Guangdong, China? You know, I guess you also don't know exactly, right? No, we don't have the, uh, we have an estimation because it's not obligatory to, to, to register. To register. Right. Um, What's your estimation? And also, what is an Israeli living here? Because a lot of Israelis that are here as a, are, are tourists that go every three months abroad. Right. Between 1,000 to 2,000 in Guangdong. In Guangdong. Yeah, that's my that estimation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my estimation. Um, depends on the time. But of course, if you during the Canton Fair, it will be uh, much, much yeah, more. Yeah, but uh, yeah. on day-to-day -day basic, uh, I think that the number of families is going down a little bit uh, because the cost of living in Guangzhou yeah, is going up. It's, it's going, going up, up well. so it doesn't worth it to bring the family. Do you think yeah. they're uh, uh, getting into a bit more difficult? The recent situation, right? Um, mm -hmm. um, a lot of eyes, a lot of blame toward China. And uh, I, I, I argue a lot on Facebook, mm. uh, being here for a long time, uh, understanding <laughs> China more than people that have never been here, obviously, right? Mm. Do you even go into that? I mean, uh, no. you don't no. even go into that? No. But, but let, 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 let us be realistic. I think the world will change after the COVID. Right. The way we travel will change. The way that we... Uh, source. Source. For uh, sure. For sure. Um, no country will, ha will have to want to put their eggs in one basket. Uh, it's going to change. It's going to change and it's going to take a long time until we see back the numbers of tourism, the numbers of international venues. And I think I'm very worried about, you know, Shenzhen, Guangzhou, and Dongguan as well as right. a center for uh, for this kind of events. You know, Canton Fair was canceled yeah. for the first mm -hmm. time in Went history. Online, right? It's going online in June, and we are and, and nobody knows how it's going to happen. Right. It, yesterday, actually, we were in touch with them because uh, we were supposed to have to be the uh, the, country, the invited country to to okay. now. All right. And. You how are we how going to do happen, it? How are we going to do it? Do we have a, a, a booth, a, like a, a national booth? How much you pay for that? <laughs> no, online, it's, yeah. I already for asked. For a virtual. <laughs> for a virtual booth. Do you have to pay for it at all? You know. <laughs> uh, do you if, know if, how many people? Is it going to work? Is it, yeah, yeah. If I have to convince an Israeli company to, to participate, it, they would tell me, okay, what am I paying for? Right. How many people? Uh, maybe, I don't know, I can pay afterwards to see how many people clicked inside my booth. Right. That could be an option, but nobody oh, really knows. Like, uh, wow, very it's, it's, it's a huge, very it, it was very easy to say, okay, we're going to do a digital uh, say, version, yeah. of, version the of the Canton Fair. <laughs> but how do you, you know. How do you, you execute it? it? How do you sell it? How do you promote it? How do you measure it? Right. That, that's the most important. How do you measure it? Mm. So the world is, I mean, and, and China is uh, center almost in many of these things. It's mm -hmm. changing. Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you protect your IP if it is online? Mm. Right. Can I don't you know. see it on camera, eh? Yeah. Right. Let's just copy it. No. Yeah. So, so it's a lot of questions. I don't know how we copy it. And I think that China will be the first one to tackle these issues and maybe to give the solution to the rest of the world. But you think that uh, the sentiment is uh, like, you know, a lot of people have a sentiment negative now with China. Yeah, uh, but sentiments change. Sentiment change. Look Fear makes sentiment, sentiment. Look, look, look at Europe uh, 100 years ago. Right. Germany and, and France were the biggest enemies nobody ever thought. And look at them now. Uh, I think these sentiments change. Isn't it 
but steps need to be taken for sentiment to change. I'm sure for both sides and look at Germany, Germany is well. It's not a comparison, but you know, right. nobody would thought that Israel and Germany would be the best, you know, um, partners yeah, that there friends, are. Yeah. Uh, so uh, once again, I, I think that the world will change, it is changing. Um, in all part, I, I hope that something good will come out of it. I hope so. Let's. Let's wait. Maybe we uh, just finish it up with a question about your own future. What, mm. what is there? Are there more countries that you want to uh, be posted at? Um, of course, I, I'm not, actually I really love it here, so I'm going to going to stay for a while. I, I'm going to stay for a while. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good life here. Uh, and in the future, yes, you know, I did all 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 uh, continents, so I'm hoping to have uh, uh, embassy open in Antarctica, so I will have the, f- <laughs> <laughs> the last the last continent to conquer. Yeah. All right. See, so I mean, I also want to say that uh, I mean, <laughs> I've seen different uh, consuls. I've been in touch. Over the years in China, okay, Israeli consuls uh, are usually really helpful, and you've been very helpful recently, uh, mm-hmm. being very approachable for people. And it's a great. I hope every country uh, representatives will help their citizens in other uh, countries where they are mm. as much as you do. So thank yeah. you for that. All right. Welcome. Well, again, thank you really, really from uh, the bottom of our heart for taking the time to see us. We are. Um, trying to get the message out there about what it is like to live here in China, China to do things in China. People, right. And um, yeah, this is this is a very high-profile interview for us, so we really want to thank you for that. And um, well, with that, we want to remind you to please, if you like our content, make sure to subscribe to our channel. And when you do that, don't forget to hit the bell button to be notified whenever there is a new video out. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, which will be posted down here. And well, until we see you again, That has been, of course, China. Thank you, Peleg. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Shit, shit.